England don't lose the fourth test match and it will not be a whitewash in the 2021-2022 Ashes series. Um, it was heading that way for quite a while, but England, hold on. Uh, you're listening to the Deep Mid Cricket Podcast and episode five of A Conversation. You've got me today and we've also got Addy back after a while. Yay, yeah, I'm finally on the conversation. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm finally back on the conversation. It's been a while. Uh, I've not been um, talking to you guys about how bad England actually are. I think McCarthy's been doing a good job of that here. Um, but uh, England, they showed some gumption in this test match. And let's see what they did. So, um, Australia batted first and they batted uh, very, very well. Uh, at the top order, they, um, they didn't... I quite make a big score. Uh, David Warner gone for 30, Harris gone for 38, and Marnus Labuschagne of 28 on a day that was really ruled by the rain on day one. Um, a gloomy skies, and um, we only got through 47 overs. Um, and on uh, day one, um, as Australia finished 126 for three which was a lot better than what it could have been when it was 111 for one, uh, um, when Labuschagne and Harris were looking simply um, a million bucks, I think is the term. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they finished on 126 for three, uh, and the game could have gone either way on day two. Yeah, so there was uh, Steve Smith and Usman Khawaja at the crease. Um Kawaja made his way back into the squad as a change because Travis Head, uh, he is ill, I think, with COVID-19. Yeah. He had a bit of, um, there was a slight scare there. Um, so he walked into the squad at number five. There was no other changes for Australia. Uh, on the other hand, for England, they dropped, not dropped, they sort of rested Ollie Robinson to bring back uh, Stuart Broad. But anyway, besides the point, Steve Smith and Osman Kawaja... They started off the day great, um, both of them reaching their 50s uh, well because they're playing really fluently. Uh, Steve Smith made 67 before being caught behind off the bowling of Broad. Usman Khawaja then made his way to a fabulous 100, uh, 137 it was. He was under a lot of pressure coming into the squad, but then we saw him make that 100 and the LeBron James uh, celebration. Which is quite nice. Um, you know, we saw the celebration from Mohamed Siraj or Cristiano Ronaldo at South Africa. So, yeah, it's sort of a new theme that's coming around. Cameron Green also continued his struggles with the bat after just scoring five. But then it was the lower order who stood up for Australia. Pat Cummins made 24. Mitchell Stark, who's actually ranked higher in um, the all-rounder rankings than Ben Stokes at the moment, made 34 from 60. And fun fact... Mitchell Stark's average since 2019 has been higher than Virat Kohli's. You're joking. So, no, that's true. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he's been quite handy down the order, and so is Nathan Lyon, who finished on with a strike rate of 230, almost. I mean, the Indian team, the England team, they would, they would love to have one of Stark or Cummins or Lyons batting. Um, I mean, Australia... Their testing is a bit like the England ODI team, where they bat up to ten, and if and if Hazelwood was there, um, 
it would be up to 11. Uh, so, yeah, it's incredible. Um, as Australia made it, 416 for 8 declared. Um, Stuart Broad's efforts should not go unnoticed. He bowled yep. 29 overs. He was relentless. Um, he went at economy on over three, but he did pick up five wickets and five crucial wickets they were. England's openers went through unscathed. I think it was five overs, uh, 11 for none. Hamid made on the on the second morning. On the third morning, it was that morning session before lunch. It was utter shambles from the England team. The top four, Hasib Hamid, Crawley, David Milan and Joe Root were all out and they were 36 for four so they were in real trouble i think we have we haven't spoken about david milan he had two failures at the mcg and two failures now as well so when one person comes into form for england another one goes out so it's yeah a bit unlucky. yeah it's a, it's a bit of bad luck i guess um but i was just gonna say yeah a 60 a 36 for four um and that was the start of a 70-ball uh, period when England didn't score. And that was just the relentlessly accurate and um, difficult-to-play-off bowling uh, from the Australian uh, bowling attack of Bolton, Cummins, Stark, uh, those three. Um, they really kept the England batters under the pump. At base from Stokes, they got through that a difficult period and then they um a pounce when they could uh, playing a counter attacking innings of a partnership of 128 uh with ben stokes uh, battling a side strain injury i think um he made a 66 before a big lbw to line off a good ball it was a quicker ball that ben stokes uh sort of missed and played over meaning Ben Stokes was sent back. I don't think he even waited for the umpire to put up uh, the finger. But then Johnny Bairstow and Joss Butler uh, made their way to a crease, and Butler cannot buy a run right now. He mm. is absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> I think he got, yeah. he, got hit, he got hit on the glove. I think he's broken his finger now. Yeah. But he was sent back for a duck. Can you hear that? Bairstow was coming into the game under quite a bit of pressure uh, with, you know, all the... Uncertainty ran that number six batting position, him and Ollie Pope, and both of them having a quite lean run of form, I'm guessing. But he made his way to 113, a remarkable 100, and you could tell that you could tell the passion be behind his celebration too. Mark Wood made 39 of 41, uh, a very handy innings, which included two fours and three sixes. He was pulling all the Australian bowlers' uh, short ball tactics. Jack Leach also made 10, Stuart Broad 15, and James Anderson 4. Uh, Scott Boland picked up 4 more wickets to add to his Ashes tally as England were bowled out for 294. Yeah, so um, Scott Boland actually, he had figures of, I think, something like 2 for 1 after a 6 overs or something. Uh, a 2 wickets for 1. Um, a run. But yeah, Johnny Bairstow's... Uh, a hundred. He's a really fighting character, is Johnny Bairstow, um, and he's never quite been realised or accepted as a Test match player. And his performances don't really justify that. But he uh, that hundred meant a lot to him, and it was really um, a crucial for the England side uh, to ensure that they didn't 
um, a follow-on. Uh, I think this um, yeah. pink test match meant a lot to him. Um, he has had his own family struggles around um, cancer as well, okay. I think. So getting 100 at this test match and with the situation as it was, I think it would have been really special. But moving on, uh, Australia's second innings, uh, they look to get quick runs, I'm guessing, because they still needed enough time to hopefully bowl England out. Marcus Harris made 27 of his 61. He looked pretty good with three fours. Warner only three runs. Labashane 29. Steve Smith 23. So, you know, it was a bit of a another pretty bad uh, show from the top four. But then it was Usman Khawaja again and Cameron Green who made 74. Usman Khawaja made 101. Um, he joins an elite category of people to get twin tons in a game. Uh, I think last time I remember it happening was Grant Coley in Adelaide. Um, oh, a few, fair few test series ago. Uh, Steve Smith got two in the Edge Baston test match in 2019. Oh, yeah. uh, Steve Smith also in Edge Baston. Yeah. yeah, that was his sort of comeback game. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. But, um, yeah, it, Australia declared on 265 and set a target for England to chase of 388, which was pretty much impossible. Yes, and so their task was to try and bat out, let's see, 98 plus 11, nearly 110 overs. Um, and on the night of a day four, they uh, continued their a newfound luck of staying unscathed in the night. Um, 11 overs, they were uh, they finished a 30 for none uh, with Hamida and Corey looking solid on day five. Uh, Hamid was gone early, um, as uh, you guessed it, as uh, Scott Boland had him caught behind. As, as Zach Corey looked very, very positive, um, he's really looked to be uh, scoring runs, and I think. A small change in his technique has worked wonders for him. He made 100 ball 77. Uh, David Milani was bowled um, uh, uh, by Lyon uh, for just four. Again, that straighter, that straighter, quicker one right. that got Stokes in the first innings. I think he's developed that quite well for the subcontinent. Mm. But Joe, Ru I mean David Milani was caught out by after the ball went on, skidding on to hit his off stump. Um, I think from that point on, it was. A full blockathon, as you would say. Uh, ben Stokes and Johnny Bairstow, they did block it out. Put away the bad ball, mind you. Uh, ben Stokes made his way to a very valuable 60 of 123 balls. Uh, Johnny Bairstow, 41 of 105. So you could really tell that they were fighting it out. Um, Joss Butler, 11 with the broken thumb. So you got to give him a bit of leeway there. But then Mark Wood was outdone by an amazing Cummins... In Saving Yorker, man. Yeah, him and Butler were gone in quick fashion t to Cummins. Jack Leach played a really valuable innings. Yes. 26. He has a way of doing these things after that number 11 performance in Edgebaston. Um, it was Headingley. In Headingley, Leeds with Ben Stokes. He made 26 off 34 balls, uh, played with Broad and Anderson, uh, sort of just rotating the strike. And Stuart Broad and Anderson blocked out the final few overs of the day in what was a thrilling end to a fantastic test match. It was a very typical a day five trying to bat out to the draw kind of day. Um, 
and in and England they this means a lot to them even though they didn't win the fact that they didn't lose and they stood up to Australia um, is a very good to see as it brings something for the fans here at home it's pretty cold outside oh, the sun's out actually um, it's uh, something to cheer about um, showing grit and gumption a strength and some character uh, this England side has uh, prevented um, the Australians from completing another whitewash against this England uh, team at at home. Right, so from talking points in terms of what was interesting, uh, the most interesting thing was in the first innings where the bales weren't dislodged when the ball hit the stumps at pretty much 80 miles an hour uh, from Cameron Green and it was apparently to do with the stump being um, in the sand it was in and the grooves maybe being slightly deep but it, it brought together a discussion about whether if the ball hits the stumps it should be out. The issue with that is however that a lot of balls literally brush the stump uh, and so that would be a, a bit of a time wasting proposition. What do you think we should do to solve the issue? I, it just comes down to the basis of consistency, I think. Mm. I think we should just keep it the same. You know, Bale's dislodged, it's out. It doesn't, it's not out. So, if the problem with doing that brush thing, it's it's so much inconsistency. Like, okay, what, what happens if the ball, you defend it, comes off the pad, dribbles onto the stumps, hits the stumps, yeah. out or not out? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it, why, why bring in more conversation to a game that is already pretty much controversial? So... But, um, um, so what about the zing bell stuff in the T20s when the uh, the stumps light up? Does that count? Even if it does light up, it still has to come out the grooves. Okay, uh, there've been instances where the bales that come out of the group and then it and, and then it pops back in. So back. yeah, that's fine. So is that out? Because at the moment no, that's not it's out. not. The bales have to be off the stump in my view, but it can't just be. I know I said dislodge, but it can't just be, you know, come out, go back in. If it, it has to fall off the stump. That's why when you do a run out and the ball, bales have already been dislodged, you have to pick up the stump and the ball yeah. to show that it's out. Okay. So, you know, it's those little things uh, which made diff- quite a big of a difference here because then Stokes went on to start creaming the balls to the covers and made his way to a valuable 64 runs. Uh, I think it was... Uh, um, uh, I think it was a 61, I think, yeah. 61. Yeah. Some some other talking points is that England was looking better. Um, we'd already mentioned this. I have a theory for this, actually. I have a theory for this. Chris Silverwood oh, wasn't there. Along, oh, with yeah, lo- wasn't. along with a lot of the other coaches. And the chief coach was Graham Thorpe. He was a very a fighting character during his playing days, and he probably was a lot more strong and hard at the England uh, players than maybe what it seems like uh, the softer uh, Silverwood is. Um, and there were, there were reports on Quickbus and things about how um, he worked more on players, and maybe it was that that uh, drove the uh, the greatest show of Resolute from the England side. Another big talking point was uh, Kawaja versus... 
Head versus Harris now, I think. Um, you know, Kawajib made twin tons. It's pretty hard to leave someone out of the team after doing something as remarkable as that. Uh, Travis Head scored 150 of, I don't know, some 110 balls in at the Gabba, which set Australia up really well to win the game. Uh, one, uh, one, session, one session 100. So, you know, they're two contrasting players. When you need someone to dig it out, you need Kawaja. When you're looking for quick runs, you want Head. But I think if you're looking for... Um, the other conversation is to get them both in the squad, which would mean you had to put you would put Kawaja at the top, which he has done before, and drop someone like Harris, who's been performing not that well, but has gone through a pretty lean patch. What are your thoughts, Addy? Um, the issue with putting Kawaja at the top is it's a, a pink baller at Hobart, and he might struggle against the swing. Um... And Marcus Harris made a very good 60 or 70 odd in the second innings at Melbourne, but he's only made a 20s and 30s in the two innings in Sydney. So if you're going to be harsh, then uh, of course you can drop Harris. Um, as I said, if he's back, uh, uh, does he get in, uh, into the team? Apart from that, um, the 500 in, at the Gabba, did has he really he, performed he since then? He scored a 50 in his home ground, Adelaide. Uh, um, okay, so yeah. Which was a valuable contribution there, mm. actually. But, yeah. It, it's a bit of a headache for the selectors. And uh, sort of reminds you of, I think, India, you know? Yeah, India's, yeah, yeah. The amount of squad players they have and you've the amount got, of people they're doing well. Yeah, so. you've got the Rahane versus the Ayer versus the Ahanmavi yeah. High. Basically the same situation. But I think... So far, George Bailey's made the right decisions as chief selector. You know, he brought in Scott Boland, who would have uh, guessed that uh, he'd be currently arguably the number one Ashes bowler this uh, series. Uh, so yeah, let's now go on to England and uh, what were the positives to take from this uh, Test match? And there are uh, quite a few. Uh, Zach Crawley. Yeah, so, so unlike the past few Test matches, straight away you would say Zach Crawley. Um, they needed an opener to show some. Grit. I think the opening stand was around eight, average of eight. But Crawley did play well in the second innings for his seventy-seven off a hundred balls, and um, I think if he hadn't have done that, imagine Broad and Anderson playing an extra hundred balls. Yeah, which would been really hard. But Stokes also coming back into form was a massive positive for England. You need someone really reliable down at number five and. After seven months away from the game, we knew it would it would be hard to come straight back into an Ashes series, and um, I'm pretty pleased with the way he's gone about it this game. Another one was uh, Johnny Bairstow, uh, performing in the bat. He uh, replaced Pope in the third Test match, and he was underwhelming. He did he did okay, but not great, and this was very good to see him um, at. A pivotal point for England, uh, as deliver the goods, um, and showing that he is an experienced player and that he deserves his place in this side. Um, Ollie Pope, who I had to keep because both Bairstow and Butler were injured, he actually a pretty well. He threw a great catch um, off Alex Carey, and um, I think he had a total of five catches in the second innings. Um, so look, he had one, two, three, 
f- four catches, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he did. He did pretty well, and he looked solid as keeper. Uh, could be another option heading forward. Um, yeah. Um, a board. Uh, so his age. I know he's always paired with Anderson, but he's thirty-seven or something. Um, and of him to come and look as good as he did. Uh, uh, with his Pfeiffer in the first innings, he uh, uh, continues to be outstanding. Uh, and he's really pairing all with Anderson, who this series in the three test matches he's played, he's not really been uh, picking up many wickets, but he's been incredibly economical. Um, I mean, his economy in this test match alone has been a, a 1.8 in the uh, first innings and 2.8 in second innings. So uh, he's been simply outstanding in that uh, regard as well. And finally, Mark Wood. Uh, people were saying he's batting a little bit high um, at eight. Maybe he should be at number nine, but he had to because of uh, the other three players in the side. And um, he actually uh, pretty well. He uh, Yes, he was hopeless against a saving Yorker. Uh, in fact, come in, in second innings. But in the first innings, he's... Um, Innings of 39 off 41 with two fours and three sixes uh, was both entertaining but also a very, very important uh, f- for England. Um, the negatives, I'd say, Hasiba Mead. Um, Karthik has really been fond of him uh, in the last few weeks and and he's really been defending him. Um, but he, I think his time has come and Burns might come back into the side uh, especially as we go to the fifth test match in Hobart, where it might not be as bouncy, I can confirm, but it's going to be swinging, and yeah. So, Karthik, what do you make of Hamid and how he's done in the last few games? Yeah, Hamid, um, I'm pretty disappointed with how he's gone this tour. Uh, I've defended him a lot this series because I like his way of batting. It's... Um, it's pretty old school style, goes about his business quietly, and uh, he's just been a walking wicket, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Fishing outside off, playing, I don't know, getting bowled through the gate. It's a bit, it's really disappointing, and I think he will definitely be dropped. Won't be seeing him for a while. Hopefully he does come back, he is still pretty young, but yeah, that's that's all I can really say about him. Uh, the other things are the injuries, so Bairstow uh, has got... A very bad one on the thumb. I think he's more than likely out. Uh, Butler has been ruled out. He's going uh, back to the UK. And Stokes, a side strain, uh, only to have a look at. And talking about that, uh, the guy who was uh, playing very well for the Sydney Thunder, he um, was uh, said to come back home, actually, here to the UK. But 90 minutes before his flight... Sam Billings, the um, you either love him or you hate him, really. Uh, he uh, drove nine hours because of all the border restrictions with COVID and stuff. Uh, he drove nine hours to uh, get to the uh, the England team because he uh, might make a debut to replace Butler in the uh, Test match team. Moving on to Australia's positives, uh, Scott Boland. Uh, he is a. He looks to be a very, very good cricketer. It's not just a one-off game at the MCG. He bowls great Test match lengths, 
And um, Michael Atherton was making a good point as well about if he doesn't get picked back in the Aussie squad, then there'll be a number of English counties who'd be uh, licking their lips at the fact that yeah. they could get Scott Boland over to play in these England conditions. Um, another positive was Kawaja. He walks back into the squad and makes twin tons. Couldn't have asked for a better, um, better headline, I guess. He made a headache for selectors he, with both him and Travis Head to choose from. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes on. Cam Green comes into his own with the batting element of his game. Uh, he's going to be huge for Australia in the future if he continues to bowl the way he does and picking up those crucial wickets and being able to put on these handy little cameos. Another negative, I mean, there are a few negatives of uh, Australia. The first of which is Carey's keeping. He has looked outstanding the, all the series apart from this game. He dropped a few and his batting was... He only got re one real chance to make an effort, but it was a bit on the lean side. Another negative was the timing of the de declaration from uh, the new captain Cummins. Uh, it does take a bit of experience to time those correctly, and him being a bowler himself, he probably understands how much time he really needs to get those 10 wickets, but he might have come across 5 to 6 over short. Yeah. The and the man of the match was Usman Khawaja, uh, becoming the sixth person to make hundreds in both of the innings for Australia. Um, and yeah, he might be dropped, but he still played very, very well. Um, and in both innings, when Australia looked in a little bit of trouble, he resurrected the momentum and got into a, to a dominant, a comfortable position. And finally, the preview of the fifth test match. It is in Hobart after Western Australia refused to let the English through. Um, it's going to be cold. It's going to be real British conditions because it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet at times. And it is a day-nighter as well. So another pink ball test match. Another chance for James Anderson to shine if they don't rest him because he's yeah. played too straight now. Um they might rest him. It's sort of dead rubber. Oh, no, it's not dead rubber anymore, is it? Because of the World Test Championship. Yes, yes, of course. So, uh, could come in handy. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, whether the Australian selectors will choose Kwaja head, but there could also be um, the battle for the bowling spot from Boland, Jai Richardson and Michael Niso. That was a classic case of... Uh, what the ICC want aggregate fans to do, which is realise, oh, it's going to be dead rubber. Oh, no, there's actually the World Test Championship. So it's good to see that what they wanted to happen is actually happening uh, live on a podcast. In terms of uh, England, um, change-wise, they, uh, they have one forced, and you'd imagine that a Pope or Billings is, is going to come in. I doubt Stokes is going to play because they need Stokes, I think, next when they go to um, when they go to the West Indies, isn't it? Next, they're going to the West Indies um, for the series that starts. You are you are kidding me. The series that starts four days after this one ends. I'm I'm going about to give up soon. Um, yeah, so that. Uh, is yeah, that England have a good chance of winning that one? Yeah, um, and 
Uh, so there's that one. But other than that, this is going to be a, a continuing to put applied back into the batch, as we can quote uh, a Captain Root saying. Um, it has been a disappointing tour, a frustrating tour, but I think England hit a rock bottom in the third test match. And as the saying goes, the positive from there is you can only go one way at and that's upwards. And on that positive note, I mean, Carthic Blood to leave you here for the conversation. And thank you very much for listening to this one. Uh, if you haven't already, you can go and join us on uh, the Sunday Sweep, where we uh, cover this and much, much more. Uh, a more test match cricket from around the world, um, and uh, some women's cricket and a detailed DRS the week. Lots on offer here. Um, and a new feature that we've had on the show is a question for you to answer. Um, in terms of uh, uh, getting some more listener interaction, so you can do that if you have the Spotify app. Uh, you can find a question that will come on the episode page. The question for this week I'm going to pose to you is, uh, would you pick Head or Kawaja? Let us know what you think, and we will uh, talk about it uh, next time around. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and enjoy the fifth test match. We'll be back after it ends. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.